0: Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Deason here with life coach Linda Armstrong and this is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today and we're especially happy because Linda brought a friend with her so um, unfortunately Rita can't be with us today but that does not mean we can't have a third person and I've been getting to know her friend Keiko. She's pretty cool. I like her a lot. She's actually given me some great advice on how to take care of joy and we remember what Happened with Joy last October, she's given me some really cool ideas there. So I'm going to get to, to know her, and I'm sure you're going to get to know her too. But Linda, you got to tell us a little bit more about Keiko, so we can actually get to know her.
1: Okay, I could tell you tons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, you you decide. How about you? <laughs> well,
1: I'll give you I'll give you Keiko's bio that I have written here, and um, and then we'll just take it from there. You know, okay, because you'll cool. get to know Keiko as we speak today. But just so you know, Keiko is an alpaca shepherdess. And an intuitive, holistic health coach for people and animals. <laughs> she always dreamed of having a farm since she was eight years old. In 2008, she created her dream farm in Texas. Now, that's the story we want to hear about today. Mm-hmm. Um, then all bigger adventures and challenges started. She learned animal communication, energy healing, and holistic care to keep all of her animals thriving. She loves empowering animals, Um love she loves empowering animal-loving humans to heal, <laughs> to heal their animal companions in mind, body, and spirit. And uh, she has a really special connection with, with her animals. Like, I think it's getting stronger and stronger all the time. <laughs> but she has a farm full of animals, she'll tell you. And it's like she doesn't have to go to the vet because she can care for them. Unless, of course, she needs to for whatever reason. You know, that's, she always has that. But she has so much within herself with the connection she has with her animals uh, where she, she just knows what they need and what to do. (laughs) It's really great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a great skill to have too. No doubt about that. Um, I I just realized there's one little piece of business that I need us to take care of before we really get to know Keiko. Um, Alex, who of course does a Thursday show with us had contacted us about having Rita do a reading. And obviously Rita can't be here today. Um, Dean McMurray, the, Military Medium is now doing Tuesdays with me. He tried to take a a shot at it, but she was hoping Rita could take a shot at it, too. I know she can't do that, but I'll bring it up for you, Linda. Maybe you can uh, come up with something. Keiko, maybe you'll pick up something, too, uh, something she's really concerned about. Her fiancé is facing a court date, and they're a little bit concerned about what's going to happen on that court date. Um, So if you have anything that you're picking up that you might be able to tell Alex and and, uh, Kenny about, they would really appreciate it.
1: Well, the first thing I'll say is just to, I mean, really, truly focus on the outcome that you want. And I say that because I had an experience with um, something to do with the legal system with a family member where it looked like there was no way out. And we actually made up a mantra. I made up a mantra because I'm like, let me get every. And We were all over the world and we would gather at the same time, no matter where you were in the world. And we would do this mantra and we would say it, you know, 108 times. Uh, we'd use the beads because you know, it it's fun. I love using the beads, right? The crystals? <laughs> Let me tell you, the thing that I wrote, I actually did a video on this without giving too much detail because it's a very private thing. But what I had written is exactly what came true beyond like it seemed like impossible. But that's, that was the challenge. I'm like, okay, well, no, it's not impossible because this is not going to be what's, what it is. And so I just wrote this thing up. It totally, totally, totally came true. So I would say really that proved to me because, you know, sometimes and maybe because it was something that seemed so hard to find a solution to that when we all just decided to really focus on and really put our faith in that this is the way it will be, it actually was. Mm-hmm. So I'd say don't forget, and I know you know all about law of attraction, Alex, and all that stuff, but there is something about the conviction we had, and, of course, I love using the crystals and having people join in, so if you could have other people, family members, and friends join in and maybe even pick a time where you just kind of go through, um, make a mantra. I mean, it doesn't hurt. I would just say, that worked for me. It could work for anybody. Um,
0: yeah. At the
1: moment, I'm just trying to feel into it, and uh, I don't know, I I feel like there are possibilities there, and that really just trusting, because some of it, too, is when we, like, don't let your head get stuck in the fear of it not being what you want it to be, because, God, does that, that energy feeds so fast, and it takes you away from that knowing that what's inside of you, that just pulls you out.
0: Yes.
1: So I'd say, hold that focus. And, um, yeah, go, it it, it feels, I wish Rita was here. And maybe you can just email her. But I feel like, um, I feel like, I feel like there is light coming in. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's good. So thank you. And uh, hopefully that'll be helpful to Alex. I, I gave her some stuff on the Tuesday show with Dean. So I'll, I'll leave what I said there, which is essentially a lot of what you just said. Uh, you okay. said it a little bit differently, but. Basically the same thing.
1: And how about Keiko? Any, any, any insight come in for you for that?
2: Well, usually I just ask for like divine guidance and support. And I trust that the outcome is for the highest good of all.
1: So that's yeah. <laughs> so a good <laughs> safe act- way
0: to do it, actually, because that's that's a high vibe request under any circumstance, isn't it? Really good. Okay, well, we've got that little piece of business out of the way. So. Okay, so I just
1: want to add one more thing, though. Yeah. But sometimes because it feels like it's outside of us because you're now in a – it was a court case, right? Right. So now you're in a legal system. You're in a system outside of yourself. And so that makes you feel – it actually maybe is, can detach you and get you stuck in your head when really just really try getting back in there and holding that focus of the outcome that you know is true. For, for you whatever that is and yeah maybe you can get other people i don't know how much time there is before this but maybe you can get other people to join with you and just feed the energy
0: that's a good idea take advantage of the power of the group right oh yeah yeah because that could be really powerful yeah so. I, I, okay. it is
1: it is i proved it i wish i could give you the details on it but it was like <laughs> it was it was mind-blowing that what what we said actually really happened
0: yeah. That's cool. When it comes out exactly the way you ask for it. that, that's when it really starts to sink in. Yeah. This stuff's powerful. This stuff really does work.
1: It was a lesson for everybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well then let's start talking about the uh, Alpaca well, farms.
1: So let's, let's have her share a bit about how she created this.
0: Yeah, because absolutely.
1: It wasn't, it wasn't even what I remember. It's, it's been a while since I heard the story. It wasn't even, like, hard. It just kind of happened.
2: You know, I mean, I started when I was eight years old. Like, I I was on a farm in Michigan, actually, and they had red barns. I had a beautiful little collie puppy in my lap, and I was like, this is exactly what I want. So like throughout my life, you know, every little opportunity that came or I saw, I would choose options, right? That was in alignment or in future alignment with what I was dreaming of. So I think it was a lot of different decisions throughout my life. So when we had a big choice to leave California and to move anywhere we wanted. I was like, Texas, (laughs) because the, and this was in 2005 when Texas was still totally affordable and, you know, totally, you know, we were living in this tiny little condo. I'm like, okay, there's no farm in my future (laughs) if I stay here. So I, you know, we actually left California and moved to Texas where we were, we actually initially ended up in a little subdivision in a little home but it was totally like reasonable and affordable back then. And now it's like double. So I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened now, but it, it happened at the right time. Yep. And then a few years in, I started looking around going, okay, now where's that land <laughs> of mine. <laughs> and as soon as I hit Texas, I'm like, Oh my goodness, my opportunities are here because the farms, the land, everything was still so completely affordable. Of course, you know, you're not going to be living in this gorgeous, you know, big house and, you know, land. Because, you know, we, we, you know, my husband and I got married. We didn't come into money or anything. It was, you know, we did invest in real estate. um, So there was a little bit there that we could work with. But, um, you know, it wasn't like we had all this additional finances. So we had to kind of figure out a way that can be done, which I think, you know, makes gives hope to a lot of people who've actually come to a farm because we didn't spend the kind of money most people do. And I was like, I am not waiting until I'm retired because I do not want to be carrying big buckets and taking care of animals in the cold when I'm like 70 years old. (laughs) (laughs) That was not my idea. So once we moved to Texas and we started to see that there was land that was affordable, we ended up um, doing kind of a sideways move. So we went further in the country, downgraded the house so we could buy more land. So we did that and, um, and it's kind of funny. I, we joke about it, but, um, and I, I love it. It's my total oasis, but we have a manufactured house right now. So, and, and we actually have a train track by, running by. So I'm always like, well, I live in a double wide by the train tracks, but I just could not possibly be happier, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's my pizza having an oasis. And it you know, we kind of joke about it, but honestly, it's like, I am just so, so happy here. Um, And, you know, of course there are different you know challenges, but I've got my animals, I've got my red barns and again, everything we did affordably, like the, you know, we were quoted like 50 grand for barns. I'm like, uh, no, that's not happening. So we looked for metal carports, metal horse barns and back in the day, you know, those are, I think it was like maybe $7,000 for a pretty big one. So we worked on, you know, we added stuff on the inside, but it it was like 7,000. 50,000. You know, I mean, there's a lot of options. There's so many options Mm -hmm. and it's red. And so (laughs) it's
0: red. I love it. (laughs) It may be metal, but it had to be red.
2: It had to be red. (laughs) So I got my red bar and then we painted our house red too. So we got red house, (laughs) red trim. I mean, it's exactly what I wanted (laughs) and it's so perfect. And the funny thing is like people will come. And they'll be like sitting on our deck or something like, that. and, you know, these people generally, because a lot of times alpacas do um, bring in people with a little bit more of higher social, like, you know, income group. So, you know, they have higher education. They can buy, afford houses two, three times, four times would be ours, but they'll come and sit on our deck and they're like, this is exactly what we want. And
1: I'm oh, like, wow. It, but it's the energy, right? It's the Absolutely. Energy. I was going to say that speaks to your energy, your That's energy, right. your animals, the way you are with your animals. The the whole dream is because everything. What I know about Keiko is everything she does is fueled with this energy of joy. Mm-hmm. You know, so she'll have groups come to come to see the animals, and kids come to see the animals, and you know, they all want to <laughs> hang around Keiko because they feel her energy, that joyful energy, you know.
0: Yeah, we're getting that in spades right now. I mean, the, the energy <laughs> meter is going, beep, it's way up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so that's
2: kind of how it all sort of came together. But it was just being flexible and willing to look at a lot of different options, unconventional options. Maybe people, you know, like staying also like open-minded about stereotypes, right? Like manufactured mm-hmm. homes. Well, I mean, it is technically a depreciating liability, probably to some degree, but, you know, it's still a place to live in and we're safe. Um, and it gives me the dream that I can have without like completely like being so strapped, you know, tight, right? Like I don't want, I want to be able to eat what I want to eat and feed the animals and give them all sorts of treats and give them whatever and not be, you know, spending so much of our income on the house. Because then you, you know, anytime you're tight on money, it kind of makes you go, oh, my goodness, I have to make these terrible choices. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it's like having a house that's so completely affordable really made a difference for us and allowed us to have this farm in 2008. So you know, I, I'm still young enough to be able to go outside and know that this is not something I'm going to be able to do, you know, as I get too old, because it does take a lot of physical, you know, effort. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: What is it about alpacas though? Because I mean, that's a very specific choice. Why alpacas?
2: Yeah. So I'm going to be completely honest. At first, I didn't really care what the animal was it was any animal would do i love horses you know sheep anything but the alpacas um okay so they actually have a community poop pile i know that's so i, I know it sounds so silly but they it's they're, easier cleanup well that's true so
0: really
2: i mean those big eyes i mean how could you resist right but they actually have community poop and pee piles it's a little bit more like a public restroom. You know, it can sort of stretch out and get a little messy. <laughs> but you got the, they go in their little spots, which actually makes them less likely to have parasite problems because they don't poop and eat in the same place. Um, it's also easy to collect and keep clean and tidy and be able to use this, um, Alcapaca poop for fertilizer, which is like really top notch fertilizer. Uh-huh. Um, so it's actually a, an easier way to manage and, you know, parasites are one of those things that can kill the animals. So it's just so much easier to manage. So that's one. I also wanted, okay, so back when we got the alpacas in 2008, there were no meat markets for the animals so that was one of the biggest reasons why i wanted to be um you know breeding or raising alpacas because i knew that any of the animals i work with wouldn't really end up in the meat market and a lot of the other livestock you know sheep and goats there is already an established market so you don't really know what can end up happening um so that was big for me But the industry has changed and there is a market for them. So the way, you know, I overcome that is all of... So girls, the female alpacas tend to usually avoid that bait, but the males are at a higher risk. So any, and, and of course, like if you're going to breed them, you know, only a few percent make it to that top sire tier. So all of my babies, male babies, I invest lots of time and energy in training them. So they're easy to work with. They're well-trained, they're well-behaved. And so I usually have a wait list um, quite a ways out for people who want my alpaca boys. <laughs> and so, and so like with my boys, well, all of my animals, but they, I can hand shear them standing generally without restraint. That's not typical. Like most of the times alpacas are stretched out, tied on the ground, generally handled by, you know, four, four men and restrained and shorn with electric and they're generally upset you know, they're, they're not happy because it's not very respectful. You know, they, they're prey animals, you know, they don't want to be tied down.
1: Let me, let me just make, make sure that I got this right. So you don't, since you don't want them to wind up at a meat market, you want to make sure that they're able to be had as pets where people aren't going to have to turn them over in some other way. Right. So I just want to make that clear that that's what your focus is with your males.
2: Yes. And also I, vet people out pretty darn carefully now that i can <laughs> and so they come they wait they establish a relationship with me for you know a while and then they get my animals and i usually try to stay in touch with them and i always tell them if anything comes up let me know i will help you either rehome them or i'll take them back because i know they're good children <laughs> you know i raise them <laughs> so they're going to be easy to rehome and generally all of their friends like oh we want your alpacas because you know they're so easy and fun and they make it you know they just make your life so much more exciting and better
1: (laughs) but that just that just speaks to the energy aspect of the whole thing and your connection with animals and now like when I first met you you were just doing human stuff right I mean you were doing your thing for your animals but you weren't going outside of that for other people yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, you got to do this for other people.
2: because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it always comes back to the animals. <laughs> I, I personally had a lot of health challenges in my life. And that was one of the reasons why I also wanted to do that holistic health coaching and um, energy healing. Uh, you know any any kind of healing just because I had been very very sick for decades and Mm. I managed to get myself fully well and good for you and I can yeah I can operate the farm I have very few days off I mean every once in a while crash for a few days but on the farm (laughs) there are no days off and I'm surviving it (laughs) so that's kind of why I also wanted to you know well, that was one of the reasons why I was going into the human side too. <laughs>
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say more than yeah. surviving, I'd say you're thriving.
1: Seriously. <laughs> well, well, I mean, nice to-
0: I mean De- Deborah, one of our live streamers uh, tuning in says, Keiko has such a lovely energy. She's got hearts and a, and a big sun-like star there. Aww, that, thank that, you. That, that, that pretty much represents the energy that you're putting out. We feel it. It's very obvious. It's evident.
1: Well, and I think um, I think Deborah is the one who has the question, right? Oh,
2: yes. Oh, my God. What a perfect, beautiful question. And it is something that I've thought about forever. Do you need to read the question, Linda? Uh,
1: you know, I don't have it up right now.
2: Oh, okay. I actually have the question. Let's see. Did you want me to uh, read it? Sure, go ahead. If you want to,
1: yeah, yeah. Or do you
2: want... Okay, so um, okay, so this was from Deborah, and it says, "We are considering having our two-year-old Australian cattle dog Otto." and by the way, he's gorgeous, Um, neutered, but are very much in two minds about it. On the one hand, it feels like he might be living in a source of constant frustration, unable to fulfill his desires and would be happier to be relieved of that pressure. On the other, it has always felt wrong to operate on a perfectly healthy physical body It might be depriving him rather than helping him. And uh, so, yeah, any guidance um, would be appreciated. So, oh, my goodness, like this is a mega topic. There's so many different levels. But the first thing that I would really want um, to address, and I have experience actually with both, and I've thought about this for actually decades. This has been an interesting topic. Um, One of the things that I think would be most important is where do you stand? Like, you know, you know is your dog going to be in any kind of a situation where, you know, it could become a problem that he's not neutered. So um, for instance, my first dog, honey (laughs) was a Sheltie and I got him in Japan. And in my culture, it wasn't really a big thing to neuter. So we didn't. And you know, kind of like what you're saying, I operate on a perfectly healthy physical body and I, you know, he wasn't aggressive. He was really mellow and he was basically an indoor dog that I had full um, ability to manage properly. So he wouldn't get out and make puppies or cause any trouble. Um, So we actually did not neuter him. I will tell you, every time I went to the vet, it it was a headache and a half, but we did not neuter him. Um, Now I have a 140 pound Anatolian mix guardian puppy. Um, yeah, he's a 140 dog.
0: pound puppy. I've tried to get that one wrapped around well, my head. <laughs>
2: he acts like a puppy. He's actually already two years old. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's a working dog. He keeps our alpacas, you know, safe. Um, And so when it came to him, I was like, okay, what should I do? So with him, since he is a very big dog, Anatolian mix there's a little bit of potential testosterone, a little bit of too much testosterone can become a problem. And also we have a neighbor who doesn't have a fixed dog. I think it's a girl and she's not, you know, she's open. So if he decided to hop the fence, we could have a problem in a lot of different ways, not just puppies, but somebody could get injured. So with him, we felt that for social reasons and whatnot, and just for his safety as well, that it was in his best interest to neuter him. Now, I actually did look up vasectomy and other options, but those get a little tricky. And I talked to a very knowledgeable um, Pyrenees rescue person um, And she said, you know, with a larger dog, wait until they're about 15 months old. So they got their testosterone fully, you know, working and growing their bones and everything. So we were able to wait about until he was over 15 months old. And, And I communicated to him and I said, okay, so, you know, for social reasons and whatnot living in our human society it's you know we feel that it's really important for you to have this surgery and um and you know we have another dog named Sailor. So i said sailors had this surgery too so this is what's going to happen so we walked him through everything that was going to happen and we supported him with some homeopathic and he just took everything in stride and we feel like he was totally good with that um so, you know, if you feel your dog can be well managed without any problems or you don't have any, let's say, friends or relatives with unfixed animals that's going to come over for, so that somebody has to be created or whatever. Like, so those are some of the actual practical things that you can also um, that are actually more important than you would think. <laughs> um, so that's one. As far as like the well-being and health, um, I think age makes a big difference in the temperament of the dog. So, um, you know, for my Anatolian, I felt he needed it because we did have another big dog and they did get into little tussles. So the testosterone was a bit of a problem too much. (laughs) Um, And we don't feel it really affected his health. Um, I do feel that honey not being neutered kept him living long. He actually, um, he did get testicular, cancer at 13 and did mm. have it removed then but he lived until he was almost 17 years old and he was a very big shelty. so i do feel there are benefits of that testosterone um and then i have two girls that um i had a choice in spaying or not spaying well actually one i didn't but i think she i think it was a little rough for her emotionally that she was spayed i If I had my choice to do it again, I wouldn't. And she was a little Australian shepherd. She really didn't need to go through that. Um, I had another livestock guardian dog who, you know, when you just sort of sense they've got some kind of a foundational weakness. Hmm. And even though she was a working dog, I just hesitated and hesitated. And thankfully, the vet I talked to was a farm vet. And I actually talked to the lady in the office and said, you know, I just think it would scare her to pieces. And bringing her here and having her get that surgery, like, I just don't know. And she goes, you know, there's really, you know, it's not always necessary. And I thought, wow, okay. And so I almost felt she gave me permission, which is something I think at that point in my life I still needed. Um, Right now I would have been like, well, you know what, this is what my intuition tells me. I'm just going to do what I need to do. We did not um spay her, thankfully. But if, but very shortly, maybe a year and a half, two years after I got her, she did quietly just pass away and I think she had some kind of a heart. We took her to the vet the day before and they couldn't find anything but, mm. and they're like, she should be okay. We're like, no, there's something really, really wrong we brought her home and she passed that day the next day quietly. So, you know, I really think that if you have any hesitations, Deborah, that you should really trust your heart um, and kind of figure out what reason it is. You know, is it social pressure that's maybe making you feel like you need to neuter him? Um, And if that is, you know, (laughs) there is never one right answer for anything
1: Pick up. Um, mm-hmm. In case her question is, "What does Otto want?" Did you tune into him?
2: You know, I think he will go with whatever Deborah is thinks is the best for him, and this is something that I think it, it, there's just too many more practical considerations that I think Deborah probably will want to make the overarching decision first, and then feel into auto after like unless it's a totally up to him choice I don't think we should address or tap into him until like she knows where she stands on it because you know if she goes to the dog park let's say and wants to let him loose and play if he's not neutered the testosterone can kick in and he could kind of go after a female dog that may also not be fixed at which point, you know, there are social things. So I think it really depends on her circumstance and she kind of, it would be best for her to kind of figure out like where does she stand on the issue? Because there is no right or wrong. I think it, you know, Otto is a cattle dog. So he didn't look very big in the picture. Um, So, Size wise, I think there are options, you know, like with an Anatolian, that's as big as mine. I think for everybody's safety, (laughs) you know, we don't want a whole (laughs) lot of extra testosterone (laughs) and we weren't going to obviously breed him. So, you know, it was just a part. And then, yeah, he had gotten into a few little tussles with my other dogs. So um, I think it would be best to first figure that out and then either approach Otto if if it is an option that he's got then we could approach him at that point or um, just communicate to him what she decided is best for him. And I think he will be very open to accepting that. He looks incredibly wise.
1: Yeah. So, so, well, maybe you can see it, but that is the same Deborah probably is. If she wrote anything. It
0: is. Yeah. I, re- oh, okay. I, I recognize who it is. Yes, it is the same Deborah. Uh,
1: cause I wanted to point out too, like this, like this is something that Keiko does. She can work with the family, you know, cause right here she's addressing, She's not leaving out the parents, you know. It's a, it's a co-creation thing, right? So um that's just a nice service that she offers where she can work with the human and the animal.
0: Mm.
1: You know, Keiko has done work with my animals, and she'll tune into them, and then she'll tell me what came up. And the stories that the animals told her are <laughs> things that have actually, like, happened, you know. So I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I love this. So it's mm-hmm. a way for... You know, because I can tune into my animals, but not in the way that Keiko does. And so it's kind of nice to really get that feedback. So I, I would even suggest maybe uh, Deborah might want to connect with um, Keiko when she has a little bit more clarity, if she wanted to then see yeah. how Otto feels. And not only that, someone like Keiko, if not Keiko, but it would be great if it was Keiko, um, <laughs> they can help them if you do have the procedure with, with that aspect of it as well.
2: Mm-hmm. right right yeah. right and also you know there are homeopathics that can really kind of keep them sort of comfortable and smoother process pre and post you know especially if they're anxious and whatnot um and I, and you know I, I also when when i do kind of tune into the animals i i like the humans to let their dogs know ahead of time because i found that if i so, you know, you obviously, I, I obviously get my, get the permission first. That's definitely a given. Like, you know, you don't just go talk to other people's children. So mm-hmm. I always get the parent parent's permission, but then um, I've noticed the difference. So when I get the permission, I sort, I just go ahead and do it. They're like, they're like surprised and they're usually like, wait, what? And so we have this, have to have this little conversation about, okay, you know, your mom gave me permission to talk to you. <laughs> and seriously, it's really interesting, but I usually have to go through all of that. Whereas now what I do is I tell the pet parents, okay, please let, you know, like Otto know that Keiko is going to contact you. And I tell them not to give us very specific time. It's more of a time frame, and that, And for them to say, I have given Keiko permission to talk to you. And you can usually also add, you know, this is for, you know, I want to know more about X, Y, and Z or whatever the pet parent wants to say. They can communicate that to the dog. When they do that, when I go in, they're usually waiting, ready. They're like, okay. Oh, you're okay. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom told me and I'm ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: so I've noticed it prepares them mentally as well as the introduction. I don't have to explain a whole lot and we can get right down to business. So, um, and and I feel that's really very respectful to the animals too. So,
0: <laughs> the, the way you're describing this, you make it sound like it's an actual conversation you're having.
2: Oh, it you is! It, it is. is. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> you know, sometimes I don't get the exact words, but I get a feel for what they're trying to say, and I try to get it as close as I can. But yeah, it was interesting with um, Linda, your dog, your um. Which one? Neo. Neo kept saying something about, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I don't, you know, I don't think you're a soldier. But I was like, okay, well, that's kind of the closest I got. And so I told Linda, I'm like, okay, I've gone off the deep end again. And then she's like, actually, you know, he patrols. And I'm like, oh, okay. So usually I don't filter what I get, like what that, whatever they tell me, I try to communicate as genuinely as I can without my own interpretation. Cause oh my goodness, I would be so wrong. You know, <laughs> I would be so wrong. So I try to just bring in whatever they tell me and communicate it. Yeah. And then usually when, you know, like Linda will be like, oh, this is what, I'm like, oh, now it makes sense. So it's really fun when I get feedback and they tell me a bit more. Cause a lot of times mm-hmm. I don't ask a whole lot of questions ahead of time and it's really their name and their picture. And I usually go off of that. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, they have a certain health condition. Can you kind of tune into that? Um, so it's, it's really interesting. I usually find out things afterwards. <laughs>
1: yeah, And you know, what's fun with Neo too is because I had another animal psychic years ago when he was a puppy at some point tune in with him. Yeah. And she said, well, he's very regal, like he's from royalty, and he's a he guards the whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, because he does this patrolling thing all the time. It's like yeah. it's his job. He just goes and does it. And so when she said that, I'm like, oh, absolutely, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so many different things. I can't remember all of it now, but so many things that were coming through. I had three pets that she was working with. Um, she hit on personality points, um, I have one dog that they both will howl and one just howls really beautifully. That's blithe and Neo doesn't. <laughs> he just like bark howls. And, uh, I think he, I don't think he told you that, you know, that he likes to sing, you know, and then he has a nice voice. And yeah. he does. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Sometimes, like, I'll, I'll listen to it and I'll be like, oh, my God, have I completely lost it this time? <laughs> <laughs> well, Actually, that's kind of the most of the time of my life, you know, I'm just like, oh, my God, I've really lost it
1: this time. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that's funny. By the way, Deborah's given us uh, some more input here. Okay. She says, uh, first of all, I think uh, she has confirmed that he would trust that we have his very best interests at heart and I need to go with my gut instinct. She also likes the idea of contacting you. Why don't you let everybody know what's the best way to reach out to you? Just because there are probably other people who might want to reach out to you.
2: Sure. So it's at, um I think the website right now best would be KTM, like KTM. It's actually my initial holistichealth.com. And there's just that contact form on there. Yeah. So you can just use that to contact me. Um, and I can try to, yeah, fill you in more as well.
0: She I said she said contacting you would be wonderful. She says I've worked with animal communicators before, and I can tell that Keiko is an amazing communicator. It's lovely to hear her, and she says thank you so much for addressing the question, Otto, uh, uh, question of Otto, Andy, and I. So appreciate it. So, oh well, thank you, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, I'll,
1: I'll just add. Okay, well, no, go no, aside.
0: you go ahead. I might
1: go off a little bit. Yeah. Um I'll add that she does this for humans too. (laughs) (laughs) So Keiko, you know, we work with each other. We'll give each other sessions all, you know. So Keiko did a session for me yesterday, very remotely. And um, I wasn't even talking to her or anything like that. She just let me know around the time that she was going to be doing this work with me. I totally felt her come in. And I have to say today, I feel like, So, you know how sometimes I talk about, I'm I'm in 3D or I'm in 5D. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Totally
1: totally having a 5D day today. I'm telling you. That's great. Yeah. It it felt, it felt, I felt the difference much more in this morning because then I was tired by the end of the night. There were a lot of things that were going on. I was busy all day. So although I was sitting quietly while she did that, then I got into that active mode. Um, But but I woke up today. Woof like a whole different person it was it was great keiko thank you
2: <laughs> yeah it's really cool because the type of energy healing i do actually we're just calling in mother earth nature and the animals and i literally just watch like a movie what what healing comes through and then i type everything up like a crazy woman ah, and then i'll usually <laughs> like be like okay this is what i got and i'll send you what you know what came through i mean the healing's already done but it's really fun to read like the different animals that come through or the different elements and then through that sometimes like the animals also come in for the humans too um and so i don't yeah yeah or or like sometimes their pets will also like pass pets or something like i've had Uh. one where i was working with a person and then like there was like this wolf-like dog that kind of came and sort of checked in on her. She was laying down in this image that I had, checked on her, and left. And I thought, hmm, I couldn't quite tell what it was other than that it had a wolf-doggy-like energy. And then she goes, oh, I think that was my um, husky or malmute. And I'm like, Hmm. okay, that makes sense. But that was a past dog that she had that had just come in to check on her. And I thought, wow, that is so cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So different animals come and I never know why, but (laughs) I just let you know, and the healing's usually done. So,
0: Well, we have another animal for you, if you're interested, because we actually did have another question come in.
2: Oh, you have another question? Sure. Yeah.
0: This one comes from Sarah. She says, hello, I'd like to put a question for Keiko, who's coming on the show Friday. My beloved pug dog turned 13 last Halloween. Uh and since then displays some physical and mental changes. His hind legs don't support him as well as before. Until that time, he was tough to keep up with on walks. Now he is often slower, drags one of his paws when going faster, and does a split on the tile floor regularly and wobbles sometimes on walks. Mm -hmm. He often just stands there, not knowing which way he wants to go, I mostly let him lead because he can take surprising routes and has brought us to some interesting people and situations. He's often not wanting to move unless I come and stand real close to him. Also now, for example, he is lying on his resting spot and whimpering, moaning, nagging, even barking like he wants something, but I have no idea what. Mm -hmm. Except if it's more food, he pushes that limit daily. So I was wondering if Keiko could tell me how my pug dog, Gren from Gremlin, is... A uh, Grem, G-R-E-M, Grem from Gremlin, is experiencing his life right now and what I can do best to support him while also keeping things enjoyable for the rest of the family, a younger puck dog, two cats, my boyfriend, and myself. She says, I've tried Jin on uh, several times with the help of uh, Adele Leah's book. And there's also, oh, it's a Jin Shin Jitsu for Your Animal Companions book. But uh, he doesn't seem to like it at all that much, and I can't see, it, I don't see any effect. So much gratitude in, in advance for any help you can give
2: yeah that, so okay so i don't know but there may have been a trigger event so it's hard to know because she did say it was around halloween
0: mm-hmm.
2: so if there was any kind of a trigger event that can really set things in motion in kind of like the especially in a senior dog so for instance um i had a i had a big Um, Great Pyrenees, who was probably about 11, and bigger dogs tend to have slightly, you know, shorter lifespans, and I think it was either a rabies vaccine or one of those lead treatments, so I have my new opinions on a lot of these things with experience, and we, you know, we were kind of being really careful even back then, kind of just staying with the law and using things only when it was really needed, but... There were, I feel, some trigger events, and he actually lost um, use of his back legs and could not get up. And so he was an older dog, but it was like pretty sudden. It just suddenly he couldn't move. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, with a big dog, he was over maybe 120 pounds. Mm. There is nothing I can do in terms of lifting him up. So back then when this happened, I hadn't done all this energy healing and didn't have quite the knowledge I do now. I ended up doing this really brute force research and found this one homeopathic remedy that matched him like crazy. I mean, it was like mm. exactly him. So I thought, oh, okay. And I've always been like a passionate homeopath. I don't have any licensing or anything, but I've been doing it for decades on myself and have had a kit forever. So I happened to have the remedy that I found it for. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, that was like the exact match. I was like, oh, what are the chances of that? <laughs> well, anyway, I gave it to him and I was like, all right, I am wiped. I need to go to sleep. By 8 a.m., he was up and walking.
0: Ah. And
2: I was like, "Ooh, what? And that remedy kept him able to get back on his legs um, for about another year before we did have to, you know, his quality of life was just not there. Mm -hmm. So, sure. but we kept changing the potency and the frequency of the dosing, but we were actually able to help him get up. So I do want to offer hope that there with certain targeted potential remedies. And I, I, I feel homeopathics are usually really strong and good in this area just because of what I've seen. So there's that potential. Um, that can be done as far as the aging (laughs) you know I guess depending on how his life has been you know 13 years I have a 17 year old chihuahua right now and he kind of does the same thing where he gets grumpy or he's staring in the you know (laughs) we're not sure where he's staring off um when he does look uncomfortable I do manage most of it with homeopathics there's a lot of pain related discomfort related remedies that um are really incredible like you'll see it work you know like within about 15 minutes you'll be like oh and crankiness or if they get really grouchy and angry because they're in pain they're usually in pain if they are you know growling and stuff or upset um so um yeah with a senior dog there's it's more of a comprehensive there's a lot that you can do to keep them comfortable um and there are some things that will heal even at that age um or any age really because you know i was i i will be i will be so completely honest i did not think one remedy would get my big dog up like that because i bought like (laughs) I bought like $400 worth of supplements as I was doing research. But <laughs> a, I mean, for a big dog though, you know, like a little dog, the supplements don't cost a whole lot, but for a big, yeah. big dog, the supplements are like $400 and like the homeopathic is like $10 and it's the same dose, any size. It doesn't matter because homeopathics are energetic medicines. And so, so I happened to have the remedy. So I started giving him that and it was working by morning the the herbal supplements, all that $400, you know, came <laughs> eventually, I did give it to him, but he was already up. And mm. so, and, and there is a lot of like that. um it's, he, So he actually had symptoms of what, through my research, he had symptoms, because you know, it's not a diagnosis. It was he had symptoms of degenerative myelopathy, which is like when I think the nerves start to kind of you know get a little bit more paralyzed and it does hit the hind legs and you know they'll be doing the splits and all of that um but again like there is a lot of homeopathic help i think that's available um those also can be so okay <laughs> um so i do so like i said i'm really passionate about homeopathy so i've read a lot of books so i've used it a lot but when it comes to animals, a lot of times it's really hard to get these symptom lists to exactly match. So sometimes I'll narrow it down into a hundred kit or fifty kit or some, you know, or maybe even just a couple targeted, and I'll energetically test them to match the dog. I need a picture. Um, I need a picture, a name. Um but I can usually energetically match the remedy to the dog, and then I'll have you do the research on the remedy because you know I'm not really prescribing anything. I'm educating you because <laughs> we got right. a, we got yeah
1: because like I said we have so.
0: le- legal limitations we have to deal with
1: exactly. So um, you know what? let me just add too then like, I, one of my dogs right now with COVID it's my they won't let you go in with the animal you have to drop them off. So one of my dogs just that won't work. He's just going to be too. Nervous and aggressive without my husband there. So I was telling Keiko about that and she, she tuned into him and she felt what remedies he needed. And she's been working with him and changing it like every two weeks, feeling into it and see what he needs. And that's how I got him help by using the home, the homeopathic stuff. Cause he was coughing, sneezing, runny nose, like tons and tons and tons of mucus. And now he's pretty good. He's like just about hundred um, percent. So, it, yeah, I mean, I, It's like, for me, I'd rather go to someone like Keiko than go to the vet, only because this is the field that I work in. I work with energy all the time, I guess. Sure.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, when you trust energy, what else would you trust?
1: But it's less stressful for the animal because they're just at your home, and you just give them these drops either through the water in their food or however it is that Keiko tells you what to do. You buy the stuff easy for yourself. I mean, unless it's something where you have to go to the vet, you're going to go to the vet, right? I mean, If I had to to dose him and drug him to get him there, then I'm going to have to do that, right? But And,
2: you know, I have been saved by the vets. Like, I love my vets. They've been amazing. There is a perfect time and place for their services. And, I mean, I honestly have had some of the best vets, and they're so heart-centered and amazing people. So, all in all, like, my experience with vets have been amazing. But I take them for certain things that – they're really brilliant at, right? Like broken bones or, you know, diagnosing certain things. Um, So, um, but like, I've actually worked a bit more with, you know, like Linda said, if their dog just can't deal with going to the vet, it stresses them out more or they might get sick. Um, Or the vet's already said, there's not anything I can do for you. And that, you know, that's usually where I can really help when you're not quite ready to let go, but the vets are like, well, we don't really have a whole lot of options. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, I don't know where your pug is in terms of what the vets, um, you know, what the vet diagnosis has been. Um, And, you know, always it it does help. There might, there can be a tumor or something that, you know, you might want to eliminate is, you know potential causes. Um, but other than that, you know, there are different ways that you can keep them comfortable and, um, you know, not create new side effects.
0: <laughs> Always a good thing. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So no I'm sorry it. if I'm not fully answering your question. You're actually your pug um, is quite an extensive case. Um, so for instance, your peg would probably benefit from like a first energy healing session so with my energy healing sessions i'll usually do a chakra scan and i'll usually get images and i'll let you know what it looks like and then i'll go through and let the energies come in to do a healing to give your dog like a boost and a start and then i'll usually um look to see if there are any uh like energetic remedies that are coming up to help um Also, sometimes, you know, like crystals or what else comes up? Crystals or just other little things, colors, healing colors. Sometimes those different things come in as well as sometimes messages. It just really depends. Like every session is so different. Like I follow a relatively set framework, but the stuff that comes in, I'm like, okay, that's not what I was expecting, but it's whatever your dog needs at the time is what will come through, um, as well as what you might need. And also, you know, Sarah, I feel for you too, because having to watch your beloved dog or animal, or even your human family struggling and kind of seeing that decline, that's incredibly stressful and hard. Like I've been there so many times and it really, you know, you, you, you kind of have to make sure that you're gentle with yourself and that you give yourself time to heal and trust that anything that's unfolding is going to be for the highest good for all and, um, and that there will always be healing. And yeah, so, I, you know, I send you lots of love and healing for you too, Sarah.
0: It's <laughs> good. Yeah, really good. I,
1: I'll add one more thing. Maybe it's a good way to close it out. Um. But it could have just be for an emotional thing, too. Because, like, when I had Keiko connect with Neo, there was nothing wrong with him. Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Now I remember what it was. Except that he he just gets too crazy over my cat. I'm like, maybe she can tap in and see what's going on with that. And they had some conversation about that. But he told her a lot of other stuff. <laughs> 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 you
0: know,
1: we didn't want him to be left out because she was already communicating to the other two animals, you know. And it was funny because, you know, she told... He told her that, um, he's very handsome and you know, I tell, I call him that. I tell him he's handsome. Like I don't call him cute. I've never called him cute. He's very handsome. And like, he was telling her that, you know, and just different, (laughs) so many different things that I'm like, oh my God, she's, she's really having a conversation with my dog.
0: Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I I actually have a question about, I, I was telling Keiko about joy, the one who got attacked in October. Um, and I was also telling her about Harmony, our two cats, and I just realized there, there was something I wanted to ask you about. Both of them have this habit. Harmony more than Joy, they'll be asleep. Often we'll notice this because they're on the sleep with on the bed with us, and you know we wake up and we hear this like, "What's going on? <laughs> What's what is this all about?" It they they make a sound while they're asleep that it's kind of halfway between a snore and a sound like they're meowing halfway. <laughs> And it, and it makes me wonder, are they dreaming that like they're begging for food or something or like what's going on here? I don't know what it means. I don't know what that's all about. So I figured I'd ask to see if you had any insights, what that would be all about. It's like
2: a snore. You said it sounds like a snore and it's, a meow.
0: It's like halfway between. It's like, it, it's, it, well, these cats don't do a full meow. They do a meow kind of a thing. <laughs> that's their, that's their normal meow. Yeah. And so it went. When they're breathing, you know, it, it, it's a breathing kind of thing. As they're breathing when they're asleep, you hear them going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I know, that's
2: funny. Yeah. Let's see. Is there something that comes? That's joy and harmony, right? And harmony like particularly
0: that. does that one. Joy occasionally. Yeah.
2: It's actually kind of interesting that you just said harmony, right? Yeah, that's her name. That's her name. Something with that frequency and the harmony between, like, maybe she's creating some kind of a frequency, creating harmony with her and her surrounding. It's interesting. It's I get. I don't know if it's because of your background, but I keep seeing that more like stars and. It's like, it might be, it's like etched in my eyes, behind my eyes. Um, Yeah. I mean, I know that our animals make all sorts of interesting noises and they're running and they're asleep and doing, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's something that's very more of a content sound, like a very content. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear it. Are you able to record it? (laughs) It'd be so good. I could try
0: sometime. Yeah. I mean, she does it fairly frequently. I put it this way. Periodically, she does it loudly enough that she's keeping my wife awake. My wife is getting annoyed by it, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I fa- oh, I found something interesting too. Uh, I think this is probably true for cats in general. If I reach over and touch her like in petting position to calm her down, she'll wake up. She'll, she'll be jarred awake. But if I reach over and I touch the the pad of her paws, she calms. Really? Yeah.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah, and she'll stop making the sound, but she just, she stays. It's like she stays asleep. She doesn't even move. As long as I touch the paws, the, the the pads of her paws, and just hold my my finger there, she just calms.
2: You know, when you said that, the first thing that came to me was when they nurse. Their paw pads are touching. Oh arms. yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, that's I hadn't the thought first of that.
2: Image that comes. So maybe when you touch her, it's more of a reminder of that gentle. That could be. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. I hadn't heard
0: of that, that before. Yeah, that's good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I well, know it's a fascinating world <laughs> that I never I, thought I'd get into.
1: <laughs> I think it would be great to have Keiko come on every now and then, you know, people can send in their questions or just anything they have about this because it's, it's another yeah. aspect of what we do, especially on the Friday show.
0: <laughs> absolutely. We're all Love about, about, about we the energy.
1: Energetic. Yeah.
0: Uh, absolutely. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely do that. We'll. Um, I guess maybe what we can do is we can just kind of collect a few questions, and when we've got a bunch of them, we'll contact yeah.
1: you. Yeah, and then schedule to have on. her on. Yeah, sure, sure. that, that sounds
0: sense. good to you. Yeah. I, and plus, I know Rita wanted to to meet you. She was a little disappointed oh, she couldn't make it today. I to meet her too. Yeah. So that that's another reason to have you back, just so that you <laughs> can meet you. Cool. Yeah. I, I do want to take a moment to remind people that uh, there is a way to send those questions in. That's why we have the LOA Today app. It has the form built into it for asking a question which you can also use for sharing a comment too people do that off all, all the time actually we get a lot of, of really nice comments that way but take advantage because uh, among other things you can identify which person you are addressing it to in this case address it to Linda obviously because i don't have a a little bullet for uh, for Keiko to click you know click on her name but just send it to Linda and we'll know that it's that's for Keiko uh, but Send it in, you know, if you have an animal question included, or if you just have an energy question for Linda or a psychic question for Rita or for any of the other co-hosts on the show, take advantage of it. That's why we created that aspect of the Yellow White Today app, so that you can reach out to us. We like that kind of interaction. We like it when we hear from listeners. In fact, uh, some of our best shows have come from a question that we got from a listener. I'm not kidding. There have been times where we've gotten a single question that we spent the entire show on because it was that good.
2: Oh, so, I bet. Yeah, I got yeah. super excited when Deborah asked that question. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Cause I mean, it's, it's such an important question that just doesn't get asked often enough.
0: Mm hmm. So yep. It's just
2: purely brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Plus it's
0: also a way that we find out how we are touching the lives of our listeners, because that's a really important part of what we do here. It's why we call it your daily dose of happy. We like <laughs> to know that the listeners are happy. It's a good thing.
2: Yes. Yes, for sure.
0: Before we sign off too, I know you gave it before, but let's reiterate what the web address is that they reach out to you when they want to reach out to you.
2: Sure. It's uh, ktmholistichealth.com. And you actually also, if you wanted to check out my alpaca farm, that one is Wisteria. Yeah, Wisteria Surrey Ranch. It's W-I-S-T-E-R-I-A and then S-U-R-I. Suri is a type of breed. There's two breeds of alpaca, so I've got the Suri. So S-U-R-I, and then ranch.com. So very the-
0: briefly, what's the difference between them? Because I know nothing about alpacas.
2: Oh, okay. So Suri alpacas have the long, dreadlocked hair, uh, fiber, which is spiral
0: oh, okay. and
2: curly <laughs> and hangs and dangles. It's gorgeous. It's a lot more like silk. Can you tell? I'm totally biased. I love. Yeah, wakias. just a bit. They're just the wakayas are fluffy. <laughs> yeah, wakayas are fluffy and they're freaking adorable. And um, the fiber characteristic is really the only difference. But the sun oh, has see, okay. that luster shine that is just, yeah.
1: you know. And, and now <laughs> okay. I have to share one more thing because you have to let us know your Etsy shop. Because she also is very artistically creative and makes all types of things with the wool. Yes, I do. The cutest little <laughs> animals, kits that the kids can put together and make with it. And it comes with everything you need. So what is, what is your Etsy store?
2: I think it's at C.com and then whatever like it is. And then it's under the same Wisteria Surrey ranch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All yeah. right, so.
0: good. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing. We appreciate that so much. Thank you. We'll definitely have you back again, Linda. Thanks for bringing her along. This has been wonderful. <laughs> yeah. good and stuff. Thank you, especially to live streamers and to the people who send in questions. We appreciate you as well. And thank you to our listeners without whom we wouldn't have a podcast. We'll see you all next time. here on LA today. Goodbye. everyone.